today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. the ninth chapter of the book of Romans. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Paul's been dealing with the idea that many Jews had of uh, national salvation. And he said there in Romans chapter 9, verse 7, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now before Isaac was born... Abraham had another son named Ishmael, but he didn't exhibit any faith in God whatsoever. And God knew through foreknowledge that Isaac would have faith and that Ishmael would not. And that's the reason that Isaac was chosen to be the promised seed. Now, Paul knew that in this subject that he was dealing with, some of the Jews would say that they were saved because they traced their lineage back through Isaac. So he debunks that thinking by bringing up the two sons of Isaac, Jacob and Esau. If you'll take a look there in verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now, as we stated last week, that does not mean that God has personal malice toward Esau, as we normally think of the word Hate is just an idiom of preference. Esau was the firstborn. He was born just minutes before Jacob was, and because of that, Esau was entitled to the birthright, which meant that uh, he would be the future priest of the family as well as many other benefits went along with that. And Jacob wanted that birthright. He had a desire for God. And the things of God, he knew what that birthright meant. And one day, Jacob made a big old pot of stew. And Esau came in from hunting, about to starve to death, and said, Give me a bowl of that stew. And Jacob said, Sell me this day your birthright, and I'll give you a bowl of it. And Esau said, well, what is that birthright to me? And so he sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of stew. And the Bible says that Esau despised his birthright. Now, Jacob had a heart for God, but he lived up to his name. The name Jacob means deceiver and surplanter. And when we read through the life of Jacob, 
He was constantly doing things, trying to get the upper hand, and he got in a lot of trouble. He desired the right thing, but he went about trying to obtain it the wrong way. But he desired a good thing, and like I said, he had a heart for God, and that was the reason that God preferred Jacob over Esau. Now, is God unrighteous for choosing Jacob over Esau? Now, that's the question that Paul asked in verse 14. God forbid no. Paul answered that question right off the bat. God is not unrighteous. Um, like I said, had Esau honestly sought the Lord and repented, God would have treated him with the same respect and love, kindness, and blessing as he did with Jacob. But Esau, although he was the son of Isaac, showed no faith at all in God. And sadly and regrettably, Esau died lost. So there's no unrighteousness with God. If you'll look there in verse 15, Romans chapter 9, For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. God is sovereign over his mercy. But he doesn't discriminate. Let me say that again. God is sovereign over his mercy. And he doesn't discriminate. He's always been fair when dealing with man. However, there are certain conditions that have to be met in order to obtain his mercy and compassion. If you will, turn over to Psalms. Psalms 103, Dana, if you will. The Psalms is full when it comes to talking about the grace and the mercy and compassion of God. And I just picked out one here by random. Psalm 103, move down if you will to verse 8. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. If God gave us what we deserved, we'd all be in hell. But instead, He gave us His only begotten Son. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. Here we have a condition. Notice that. That fear God. Great is his mercy toward them that fear him, that fear God. Verse 12, as far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I want you to notice that he didn't say that he removed our transgression as far as north is from the south. See, because if you start going north, eventually you'll reach north. And then there comes a point in time when you'll cross over the hill and you'll start moving down toward the south. But east is from the west. You can keep going east and just keep going and going and going as far as east is from the west. In other words, bottom line, folks, our sins are gone. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Verse 13, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, 
as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind pass over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. There you have it again. And his righteousness unto children's children. Once again, I want you to notice that one has to fear God in order to obtain his compassion and mercy. Another thought here is this. If one properly fears God as they should, then there'll be less sin in their life. That's the problem in our nation today. There's no fear of God. Verse 18. To such as keep his covenant. Here's another condition. We have to keep his covenant. Today we're living under the new covenant of grace which is simply keeping our faith in Christ and what he's done for us at the cross. If we'll do that, then we'll have God's mercy, his grace, and his compassion. And to those that remember his commandments to do them, when our faith is properly placed in Christ, in his finished work, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and lives, binds up the sin nature, and then the Holy Spirit is going to start leading us and guiding us in the ways of the Lord. And you'll just find yourself automatically keeping the commandments of God. If you'll follow the leading of the Spirit, then you'll be keeping those commandments. The problem with a lot of the world out here and even the church, they want the grace and mercy of God, but they want to continue on in their sin. And that can't be. You can't have it both ways. On the other side of that coin, uh, you've got others out here, both in the world and in the church, who are trying to earn God's compassion, mercy, and grace by doing particular things. Now, today on WRAL, they're raising funds to try to feed the children. I think they said one out of every... Five or one out of every four children in North Carolina goes to school hungry. And so they're doing what they can to eliminate the hunger issues as it pertains to children here in North Carolina. And that's great. My hat is off to them. And I sat there for a few minutes today and watched as company after company would stand there. And, and I, two companies in particular gave $5,000 apiece to help with this issue of hunger. And that's great. That is a good work. And the church should do good works. But if these people, whomever they may be, the owners of these companies, is thinking that by giving X amount of dollars to try to feed the hungry, that that is going to earn some brownie points with God, and they're going to earn the grace and mercy of God, they got another thing coming. And I'm not saying their work won't a good work. And there were thousands of people calling in today and donating food and all this kind of stuff, and that's good. But if they're doing it with the wrong motivation, thinking that somehow this is going to save me, then they got another thought coming. All right, Paul said in verse 16, and this goes right along with what I just said, 
So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. We can't do anything to merit God's favor. Nothing. It is freely given to us. The only thing that pleases God is faith in the finished work of Christ, which was carried out at Calvary. As the song says, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. And that's the only way that you can obtain the mercy, favor, and compassion of God is by putting your faith in what he has provided. But man thinks that he can do something. That's always been the problem that was the problem with the Jews that Paul is trying to address here. They thought that after serving God for some 2,000 years, that merited them salvation. They thought they were really holy. And think about it. Out of all the people on the face of the earth that God could have chose to give his word and to send the prophets to, he chose these people. The Jews. But that does not merit them anything with God. God gave them the word of God and the prophets despite what they really were, which is sinners. I mean, before Moses could even get down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments, the people were already partying and fornicating before Moses could even get off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Remember that? And a lot of times, if you'll look through the history, the reason God sent the prophets to them is because they had rebelled against God. And God sent the prophet with a thus saith the Lord, repent and turn back to God. And many times they killed the prophets. They even killed Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify. And some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah son of Barachias whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. In other words, God would have had compassion on his people had they listened and repented, but they would not. That's what Jesus said, and you would not. They wouldn't meet his conditions. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And this will take place at the battle of Armageddon, when the Antichrist gathers the armies of the world and comes against Israel to completely destroy them. And they'll call out for help, but nobody will come to their aid at that time. 
And at that time, they will cry out to God. And God will hear. And the Lord's going to say, mount up. And he's going to come back at the second coming. And all of us are going to come back with him at the battle of Armageddon. And he's going to fight for Israel like he did in the day of battle. And at that time, Israel will repent. And they'll accept the Lord as their Savior. Uh, Romans 9, verse 16, again. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. Like I said, once again, you can't do anything to merit God's favor, his mercy, his grace. He does it when we meet his conditions. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. God did not predestine Pharaoh to do what he did. He already knew through foreknowledge what Pharaoh was going to do. God simply used what was already there. God never violates a man's free will of choice. Pharaoh didn't have to do what he did. He could have said, Lord, I'm going to let the people go, and I'm going to do what you've said. And God could have showed his power, and his name could have been declared in the world of that day, as a gracious God and a loving God. And God would have blessed Pharaoh tremendously so. And Egypt would have been the mightiest nation on the face of the earth at that day. But we know the story. How Pharaoh's heart was hardened against God. And when a person hardens their heart against God, it's going to be met with hardness and judgment. And... God, like I said, he used what was there. His intention was, as the scripture says here, that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Like I said, God intended for good things, but since Pharaoh was hard-headed, there had to be judgment. And Egypt lay in ruins. And there was a fear of God throughout the world of that day everybody knew about it heard about it whatever the case verse 18 therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he hardeneth like I said had Pharaoh met God's conditions and let the people go God would have shown mercy and blessed him abundantly However, when we harden our hearts against God, it's going to be met with hardness. It's like having a child, and that child acts up, and you say, stop, don't do that. And they stop, and they listen to you. Now, more than likely, if they listen to me, I'll, I might reward them with a piece of candy, okay? But now... If I tell that youngin to stop, and they don't stop, and instead throw a fit, I'm going to throw a fit. <laughs> I remember back 
years ago. The only time I recall I ever had to whoop Haven, we were at the, at the church, and she was in the pew there, and the preacher was trying to preach. And she had a hymn book and kept fumbling through the pages, just making a bunch of racket. And I told her to stop, and she throwed that hymn book down on the floor. Well, I got up, grabbed her by the hand, took her out back, tore that tail up, carried her back in there, set her down on the pew, and from that day until now, she ain't acted up no more in church. And when we got home, I tore that tail up again. And that's the only time that I remember ever having to whoop one of my children. But had she stopped, when I said stop, she could have avoided all of that. See, But that's the way God is with us. God means nothing but good for us. You know, I've said this time and again, you know, if God could catch some of us, He'd bless us. But when we run from Him, mm, He has to pull out the big guns. When we throw a fit, He throws a fit. And that's what happened with Pharaoh. God wanted to bless Pharaoh, but he also wanted him to let the people go. But when Pharaoh bowed up, God bowed up. And you don't want God to bow up. Because when God bows up, it ain't going to be good. But when God blesses you, there's a, great, there's a great blessing there. So God will show mercy on whom he will show mercy if we meet his conditions. But at the same time, he'll, he'll also harden himself against you if you harden yourself against him. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.